And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. This is going to make me look kind of freaky. Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. As, uh, as media days go, the Suns media day yesterday, uh, yeah. pretty robust with topics, right? And normally it's, hey, you know, the season's coming back. Yeah, this will be fun. Okay, here we go. Well, yeah, to a certain extent, that's there for the Suns. But you also had Game 7 from last year. You had Game 7 from last year. You had Can DA. I talk to you guys about this, yes. please? Well, I, I have questions well, from that's four and a half past. months ago. What are you talking about, Lipinski? Uh, you, had, you had that. You had the Sarver stuff. You had the DeAndre Ayton stuff we got into earlier. You had the oh, Jay Crowder man. stuff right now, man. where it sounds like he wants to be traded. And we'll circle back to that in a second. But you also had... The Kevin Durant stuff. How about Devin Booker? We haven't heard Devin Booker talk about the Kevin Durant rumors until now. I mean, we we have what we have here. You know, KD going to the market. I'm sure, you know, every team ears kind of went up and, and wanted to get involved in a way. You know, he's one of the best players to, to ever play this game. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy with our foundation here. You know, we've showed promise. We show what we're capable of. Um, you know, we have the chemistry. We have the, the experience and years together. And we've been through a lot of situation so you know I think that's the only way to build and get better is go through it together and you know we've we've knocked that rust off with the first couple years together might be a good time to reset where everybody is with Durant to the Suns okay <laughs> there's still a chance <laughs> there is still a chance I'm listen I'm done I've moved off KD okay so I'm you, over it. so that's where you are this is where I am if something happens and you're like okay th- that's fine I'm not gonna be like oh no they got Kevin Durant but Wolf I'm Honestly, I'm fine running it back. I don't want it hanging over this team this season. And do I think that's why DeAndre Ayton sounded the way he did? No, probably not. But you could easily listen to DA, especially not even the tone of his voice, but when he says it's over, I guess. And wonder if that guy feels like he's a part of this team the way he always has been. So I don't want it hanging over this team. Just go out there and play basketball like the 64-win team you were last year. I know you've lost a couple pieces, but the core's there. Yeah, I don't want Durant in such a way where it destroys your team waiting because no, you might get him. No, know? exactly. And I, I don't think I don't think the Suns are proceeding like that. I don't. I, don't I, I think the Suns are going to say we're going to give this a shot. We're going to give this. We're going to give Da an opportunity to be that guy. I would not be surprised in the least if the first half of the season, for the most part, is all about finding DeAndre Ayton and how you're going to use DeAndre Ayton and not worry about just going out and winning games. I, I think they can they can go out and experiment with DeAndre Ayton and still win. I think they're that good. Yeah. Now not to a clip of sixty four games again, but I think we all understand so what? Just get into the playoffs. No, I don't care about the sixty four wins. It was fun last year, franchise record. I felt like that team deserved at a certain point to set the franchise record. It would have been weird if they didn't. Just avoid the play in. 
But yes, please, yeah, just finish in the top what six and uh, and minimize the amount of damage you're going to have to endure in that Western Conference because it it should be pretty loaded. Here's um here's Chris Paul his reaction to Durant wanting to play for the Suns. Man, I feel like so much didn't happen since then that I don't even remember. You know what I mean? I didn't know KD for a long time, one of the best players that ever played this game. You know, so anytime. Uh, you know, you hear something like that, obviously, you're like, well, damn, you know, but, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, this was said, that was said or whatnot. So we just never know. Damn. Now, what do you what, think about that well, right there? I, I, it just seems like I subterfuge. Know, I need to go back and find out what order everybody talked in. That's that's all I'm going to say. Uh, Chris Paul, Chris Paul knows everybody. But I just, I, all I can think, if we're playing all these clips, Wolf, I just want to know what DA's thinking when he hears this stuff. I just, I don't want there to be this rift of DA sitting there watching all his teammates talk about Kevin Durant. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, here's James Jones along those lines. He was asked, do you maybe wish he had pulled out of the KD sweepstakes a little bit earlier? Well, I think there's this narrative that like you, when you're, trying to grow and develop as a team you choose one track like that's not how it works you know we explore all avenues of improvement some are trade a lot of it's internal some are you know the draft so there are many different channels we use to improve our team but the narrative that you know we don't have enough is false that's not true we have have enough we're still a very good team um and you know the thought that Durant would be here or somehow was in our control was also false. Um, so I guess a long way of answering your question is I believe in the group that we have. Um, we have some really good players, um, and they've gotten better. And and no one sees that, and I'm I'm fine with that because that means if they don't see them, that they're in our gym behind closed doors, putting in the work that's going to lead us to uh, a higher level. I also think, too, so much of this Kevin Durant conversation is going to center around how the Brooklyn Nets get off to a start. How, how do they start? What kind of start do they get off to the Brooklyn Nets? I think that is going to have an awful lot to do with the KD conversation. Uh, I, I'm with you on that, because if, if Brooklyn looks good, then they're not going to be as likely to implode. Now, they have the pieces to implode at any time. They just have the personalities on that team. But I also, you know, Wolf, all, all of the things that I said would have to happen for the Suns to be able to make the trade. You know, first, Kevin Durant wanting to come here. Uh, but beyond that, you know, all the other stuff of, okay, well, Donovan Mitchell probably have to be available for a part of a three-team. Well, he's gone. You know, well, the Pacers would need to not offer Shetiandra. Well, they did. I just, even if, if, if things go badly in Brooklyn and mid-January rolls around and you could trade DeAndre Ayton, I think the only way you're getting Durant is if he's like, I want to only play in Phoenix and I'm going to sabotage Brooklyn until I go there. And I don't think that's the case. I think he would play for other, I, I just, at the start, I thought, okay, things are looking the way they would yeah. if he was going to come here. At this point, if I'm the Suns, and I think they are doing this, I just forget about it unless some amazing trade comes along yeah. and, and he's going to come here. I'm not destroying this team for a guy. You know what? I'm not doing it either. And this is something I came to, the conclusion I came to, I think, earlier than you did even. You did. Um, I came to the conclusion that I did not want Kevin Durant because I think he's a diva. And if you listen to Kevin Durant, some of the things he said on the Brooklyn Nets media day, 
Uh, you might come to the same conclusion yeah. on that. And I'm still not. I mean, you're right. <laughs> but I, I'm not in the camp of I don't want KD. I just, yeah. the Suns have something to lose. You know, it's it's not like, well, we've got nothing. We have no shot anyway. Let's go in on Kevin Durant. You, you just went to the finals. You just won 64 games the next year. If they can pull this all together, like I'm, just go with what you have here. Yeah, you know, it's just DeAndre Ayton and D.A. sounding as down in the dumps as he did. Um, you know, you just... I don't want to read too much into that, obviously. I don't think anybody wants okay. to do that. It sounds like the offseason got to him. But, he, he, you know, <laughs> yeah. it does. It kind of... <laughs> thank you, Luke, for saying that, because it kind of does look that way. And right now, I think that has got to be a concern of Monty Williams and James Jones and everyone else in that locker room. It's got to be a concern. They've got to do it. They got to do away with it. If I if I am James Jones, I'm serious right now. You got to make this team believe this is it. This is the group we're going to battle with right here, and you got to mean it because I think. There's a lot of guys, especially inside that locker room, who will see through it if you don't mean it. Yeah, and because when I had first heard yesterday during our show, you got to hear D.A., you got to hear the way he's talking, I immediately thought, like you, melancholy D.A. Are we going to see a guy who's going to go out there and and he's just on a mission this year? But then when I actually hear it, Wolf, <laughs> I hear a guy who's like going to go out there and deflate the ball so nobody can play and be like, basketball doesn't matter. Like that, that's, He just sounds so, like you said, down in the dumps. Man. Uh, all right, we come back. Cardinals are dealing with a handful of injuries. So what happens at receiver if they also are going to lose A.J. Green this week against the Carolina Panthers? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Zach Ertz, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I mean, he's just a comfort level. You know, he's always open. I don't know how. I don't know why. Lobs it. Far side. Ertz with the catch of the 30. Loose of the 20. Far side. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Zach Ertz, 47 yards. I made a point to my agent that this is where I wanted to be. No matter what the other offers would have been, I wanted to find a way to get it done here. It's pretty impressive the trust that Kyler and him have developed in such a short time. Let's rock. I love you. Let's go. Wolf and Luke talk. Cardinals now. All right, Wolf, good news, bad news here. Okay. Okay, bad news first. Well, the bad, this is maybe the best part. The bad news is all just kind of questions right now. We don't, oh. we don't know about Rondale Moore. Okay. He's going to be able to play this weekend. Um, you know, you, you don't know even about A.J. Green. Here's uh, Cliff Kingsbury yesterday on that topic. There is. I'm not sure exactly where, where it sits. It sounds like it's better news. It's a bone bruise, but I'm not sure um, if that's going to be this week or maybe next week when he's back. And then Bone bruise what is I better than say, it was. Yes. Or than it, than it looked, at least. Yeah, no doubt about that. It could have been something like an MCL or something like that, or worse for that matter. But um, bone bruise still doesn't make me feel like he's going to play this week. That's just me. Not the most I, comfortable I, thing in the world. I could be dead wrong on that. Well, because when you say that, my, uh, my first thought is, well, he has to because they don't have enough players at that position. Well, that doesn't really make the bone bruise heal faster. No, it so does he, not. He either can play or he can't. Uh, 
Cliff was also asked if Andy Isabella maybe could step in. Yeah, I mean, he, he like I've talked about, he had a really nice preseason, and um, we'll see where it goes um, this week. I don't know Rondell's status yet, but he, he's got to get back at some point, be a big part of this offense until Hop comes back, and, and then we can, can have all our weapons. But, um, you know, I think we have trust in Andy, and, and uh, we'll see how the week goes. Just sort of gathering what we've seen, what you've heard Cliff Kingsbury say, what I've heard some of the other guys there say, Wolf, it it feels like, and I'm not trying to make any excuses here, but it feels like a lot of what their plan was for these first six weeks without DeAndre Hopkins hinged on Rondale Moore. Not completely, but like yeah. he was a big part of it. You know what I mean? Because because I was one of those people all offseason was like, look, okay, now you've got five months, you know you don't have DeAndre Hopkins. This is not losing him in the middle of a game. You have time to prepare. And their offense hasn't looked, it's looked the same as it did last year when they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm not saying Rondale Moore would make a difference, but I do think he was a big part of their plan to make a difference. No, you're right about that. There's no doubt. Um, but Shelly, I think, is going to be an option for him going forward. I think Rondale Moore is a question mark right now. I, I think there's a possibility that Rondale Moore could be ready to go. Man, would that be huge. That would help. If he were. That would help that room so much if in fact he were. And I also think this, Mason O'Neill, my 12 personnel may actually finally happen. Well, because you only have tight ends left. <laughs> you got, and you've got four of them, by the way. You do. You, you have-, have four on the roster. You at receiver right now, guys, you know for sure, okay, these guys are ready to go. Okay, you got Pacelli, you've got Andy Isabella, but these are not guys you plan to build your team around this year. You've got Greg Dortch, who leads the team, was not a guy you planned to build your team around this season, and you've got Hollywood Brown. So realistically, guys that have done it at the NFL level, you've got Hollywood Brown, and Greg Dortch has been good the first three weeks. Yeah. That's wow. It. From the wide receiver room, which was a strength coming Probably into the season. The strength. Probably the strongest position group on the team. No doubt about that. A strength. And now all of a sudden, here you are, and you're an absolute mess when it comes to the wide receiver position. I think we're going to see a lot more 12 personnel. That's what we're going to see. I think the Arizona Cardinals thought they were going to use a lot more 12 personnel in the Rams game. I, they came out and they were in it. The first play and the second play, they were in 12 personnel and they were going to go ahead. They were going to run it. They were going to use it. And they got down in the game. And then suddenly it was, here we go, 11 personnel with Zach Ertz as your tight end, which is more almost like 10 personnel, especially when you split them out and put them in the slot. Um, Yeah, they need more 12 personnel going forward, and I think we're going to see it. Uh, on the other side of the football, you are at least dealing with some injuries. Uh, maybe these guys play. Well, maybe one of these guys plays. Let's uh, start with Rashard Lawrence. This is Cliff yesterday. He is. Yeah, he had surgery, so um, not sure of the exact timetable, but he won't play this week. Okay, so you're not going to have Rashard Lawrence. Zavin Collins? King Zavin should should be okay. Um, we'll see how he feels on Wednesday, but, but it didn't seem to be too serious today when I saw him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Did he come out of that game right there? Yeah, he did come out of that game right there. You know, um, look at Zayvon Collins. His arrow is still pointing up. There's no doubt about it. But um, I think think that Zayvon Collins has got to recover, learn from this, and and move on. Um, He got hurt. He got banged up 
on a play. Um, yet at the same time, I think this is a situation where Zayvon Collins and how he plays in the next game coming up is going to be very, very important for this season and his development. I mean, we're talking Zayvon Collins. Do, should we start setting over-unders for Isaiah Simmons snaps? I know, you know, honestly, it is. It's it's. It's a mystery with Isaiah Simmons. It is frustrating to me to see the talent that is Isaiah Simmons and wonder what is in the way. What What is it? Because something is in the way for Isaiah Simmons. Is that what that Nirvana song's about? I, it's, there's no doubt about it. Something is in the way of Isaiah Simmons. And what that something is, I don't know. The coaches know, but I don't. Uh, if I said it at 20 and a half snaps... You taking the over or the under? The under right now. Yeah, I mean, you're, I, I mean, think about that with Isaiah I, Simmons. I, again, it's mind-boggling. Wolf. We've been over this over and over and over again. But coming into this season, a guy that was so talented and a guy that you just had the feeling was going to take off this year, and a guy that they were going to utilize and move all over and was going to impact games. Now, we have seen him impact a game. Yeah, he still has. He still he still made the play that won them a game. Exactly. Exactly. So, again, I'm not giving up on Isaiah Simmons, but I am very concerned. He, he was not only talked up so much in the preseason in camp, but, but he looked good in camp. And I mean, I, I told you this at the time. They, they, you know, I'm all in on Simmons. But I mean, if he's not playing, he's not going to do anything. I just, I wonder what he, I wonder how far this goes before he starts to get frustrated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's only so much you can prove when you're only playing 15, 16, 18 snaps a game. So I'm with you. If you set the over under at 20 and a half snaps, and this is not the over under you want to be setting with Isaiah Simmons. It was supposed to be how many sacks does he get this year? How many passes defensed? How many, you know, how many different plays can he make around the field? How many tackles? And instead, it's just how many snaps is he actually going to be out there on the field? It's, it's crazy that we've gotten to this point so quickly. Uh, real quick, Justin Pugh update from Cliff as well. Should be a deal where he's day to day, and I'm hopeful he can play on Sunday. He's he's found well, that'll be big too. quite a few different ways to uh, answer these injury questions. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're talking about Cliff. Yeah, obviously. I just, it, it, I, I'm, I marvel at the fact that he has a different way to answer it every time. <laughs> Listen, um, the Arizona Cardinals are going to have to run the ball, Ron Wolfley reporting, if in fact they're going to be successful. It's going to rain. They're going to get some heavy rain. The likelihood of that is very, very strong that they're going to get rain because of Hurricane Ian and what's going to happen. If that is the case, it might not be the worst thing in the world to line up and make this an old-fashioned Donnybrook. It's shaping up that way for the Arizona Cardinals because their wide receiver room is a mess. So why not go with the 12 personnel? As I said, two tight ends. Why not go with that? Oh, by the way, the Carolina Panthers. Panthers, not great when it comes to stopping the run. They have a very good pass defense, but not great in terms of stopping the run. As a matter of fact, they're in the bottom third in yards per game given up. So let's hope that the Cardinals are going to come out with a dark heart (laughs) and a painted face, metaphorically speaking, and come off the ball with some bloody knuckles and get some movement at the point of attack and run the ball better than they have all season long. 
There's the path. There's a way to victory. If they're not going to do it this week with all of those factors you just said on top of the rain that's coming and the injuries you have at receiver and all these different things, Panthers being much better against the pass than the run, if you're not going to do it this week, I I don't know when you're going to do it. Because Carolina shouldn't be the sort of team that jumps out to a huge lead on you. They shouldn't. Now, I mean, we've we've had this conversation about Carolina the past couple years. I, I, I don't remember going into any of these three previous Carolina games thinking, well, the Panthers should beat the Cardinals. I, I really don't. Maybe the very first one when it was Cliff and Kyler's like third game here. But even then, it was kind of like, oh, maybe they will. This is when they get their first win against Carolina. Um, so I'm not I'm not taking them lightly, but I'm just saying they are the sort of team that wins a lot of these games low scoring and, and, and closer, and that's also more conducive to the, the style of play that you're talking about from the uh, the Cardinals on offense. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Are the Suns still thinking about Game 7 against the Mavericks? Got to turn the page at some point, right? I, I haven't yet, though. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, Wolf, deep breath before this segment. Now, you know, I've been doing this show for over a year now. You know how much over the last four months I've wanted answers as to what happened to Game 7, right? And yesterday we, we heard some of the players and coaches finally talk about it, right? Yes. So I can play that audio. I've got it all right in front of me. <laughs> I'm not going to play any of it because this audio is more important. This is DeAndre Ayton at practice today, okay? And there's video of this kind of just all over social media right now. So it's a 45-second clip. Um, I'm going to play it. Some of it you might not be able to hear. There's It's it's Ayton talking, people asking him a question, Ayton responding, another person asking him a question. So it's sort of a conversation between Ayton and a few different people. And then I'll, I'll recap it if, you, if we can't hear it perfectly. But this is from today. This is practice. Here's DA. How have you and Ron kind of been able to move? I haven't spoken on got the script here if you and want to read any of it. Before we get to that, Monty Williams is set to meet the media momentarily. <laughs> Maybe they should do a joint press conference. Oh my goodness, wait. I don't believe it. I, I, I don't, don't either, it. honestly. Let me clarify in case people couldn't totally hear everything that was in there, okay? And I'm right now I'm reading off our own Kellen Olsen's uh, Twitter feed. Said a DA was asked how he and Monty Williams have moved on, and Aiton said he hasn't talked to Williams at all ever since the game. That's game seven. I don't believe that. May 15th, 2022. Uh, I, I hate to say that. I hate to say that. Um. That's an impossibility. I don't to me. understand the reasoning behind that. I mean, Monty Williams of all of, of all people, Monty Williams, who is a coach that his coaching style is based on relationships. For the, uh, there's no way that, that's an impossibility that to me. Practice today. How are they? They what? What is going on? 
<laughs> Wait a minute. How do you not I mean, speak first of all, as an organization as well, how in the world would you take a man and stick him in front of a microphone if, in fact, he had not talked to Monty Williams right. since their internal issue? Yeah, this is why when it's an internal issue, we all worry about it until you explain what happened. Because clearly, it's still internal in DA's mind, too. And it's been four and a half months. I, I'm absolutely like, I, I don't even understand this. Here's if more. I had a mouth guard, it would be in right now. Uh, I think we've gotten some answers as to why DA sounded the way he did yesterday. Because today, without a doubt, he doesn't. I mean, you can see the video online. He does. He's not smiling. He's he just kind of almost looks defeated. Honestly, uh, here's it, this is the other quotes from that. Uh, I'm still reading from from Ko's Twitter feed. It said um, Aiton was asked if he's happy here. He said, "Yeah, I'm all right. When I'm in between those lines, now I just work. I'm not playing for myself. I have an organization across my chest and a name on my back. I have to represent. I'm just here to work, man." And then he said uh, Aiton was asked what he would tell Williams if he could speak with him. That that alone. <laughs> He's your oh coach. He you should be able to speak with him. The oh coach should be speaking goodness. with you. Uh, but his his response, you'll love this, Wolf, was I can show him better than I can tell him. Okay, first of all, uh, yes, I do. I love that right there. But honestly, it just it seems impossible to me that Monty Williams has not tried to reach out to DeAndre Ayton and talk to him before actually having training camp. I, I or what if we're actually going in front of the world with a microphone? I, I don't believe it. I, I I'm sitting here not believing what I'm hearing from DeAndre Aiden. What if Monty has tried and DA won't reach back out? Yeah, this is weird, and this is a problem. This is not speculating on DA's tone of voice yesterday when he's kind of giving. Okay, this here. explains this, it. This is this is a legitimate issue now because. What may very well and probably was at the center of this team's meltdown in in the playoffs last year hasn't been resolved? Come on. Come on. Seriously? No. That's an impossibility once again. And yet the evidence appears to be mounting as the minutes tick by. I believe oh the gosh. video's everywhere. I just want to make sure. I, Kellen's tweet, it's Gerald Bourquet's video, so I want to give credit where credit. I, I don't, I mean, the video's all over, obviously. I mean, you got people nationally talking about how DeAndre Ayton doesn't want to be here and all this stuff already. It's all in the last 10 minutes. I don't understand why this wasn't taken care of in June or July or August or earlier this month. And Maloney's right. Maybe Monty's reached out and DA doesn't want to talk to him. Whatever it is. Yeah. Figure it out. Wow. It can't be that bad. He's, he's, and you, you saw, you just gave him $133 million for four years. Like, just figure this out, guys. He's your number one overall pick. And he, I, I know I said earlier in the show, he's one of the most polarizing sons of all time to the fans because he is, but he's a very good player. Man, this is, uh, suddenly it, game seven. You, you know, you, you just think about it. Just what what happened? What what happened? We got to get a little whatever it was. It was so devastating. Um, I, I man, game seven against the Mavericks. I am absolutely blown away by this. I and it for this to be happening live on the air. I apologize. I, I, this is an impossibility. We're all right here with it's an you. impossibility to me. This is something that never in a million years would happen. 
even if DeAndre Ayton wasn't reaching out as soon as he showed up in the building. If I'm Monty Williams, dude, I, I am getting in his face. This should have been taken care of on like immediately. May 18th. Immediately, even, even and and this is this is why I'm about as shocked as you is because Monty Williams is part of this equation. I would think Monty Williams even and Monty's going to talk here shortly, so we're going to get more answers here. Oh man! Um, but I would even think Monty Williams on May 18th, even if the thought was Da is getting traded this off season or whatever, I still think Monty would have been like, "Hey, let's hash this out, man. You may be playing for the Pacers or whoever, but come on, like we've been through a lot." So I'm I'm surprised that four months later. There's even anything. I did not think at all there would be any sort of issue between these two at the start of this season. And you can tell me it's going to get all fixed in the next week, and that's fine. But right now, it's not fixed, clearly. Yeah, yeah. you know what? Honestly, right now, I, I knowing what we're talking about right now with DeAndre Ayton saying he hasn't talked, I, it does. It makes Game 7, okay. I, I understand why they look so disparate from everything else we saw the entire season and the entire postseason for the most part. I get it suddenly. I understand why DeAndre Ayton was forlorn, not just melancholy, had the furrowed brow at the press conference on media day yesterday. I, If this is true... Yeah, I don't know. What, I mean, even if it's first it makes of all, sense. first of all, I'm assuming it's true. Second of all, even if it isn't true, clearly DeAndre Hayton's not happy, I, I right? Just, Why would he make I, that up? We'll we'll stick with this. We'll come back and replay the audio t- for you as well because God. it's all just happened in like the last ten minutes. And Monty Williams is speaking, I believe, now. So more on this next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, Wolf. Didn't think we'd be ending the show on this topic today. Kind of thought this would be resolved five, four, four and a half months ago. Um, in case you are just jumping in the car, yeah. replay the video again, or the audio from the video. That uh, it's everybody seems to be referencing Gerald Forquet's video, so give him the credit for this one. Uh, it's all over social media right now. DeAndre Ayton practiced today, speaking to the media. Now, right now, or within the next couple minutes, Monty Williams is going to speak to the media. But, but <laughs> from about uh, like 20 minutes ago, DA speaking to the media. It's a little bit, again, in case you're just joining us, a little bit tough to to uh, to hear if you don't know what's going on. It's it's DA saying, okay, I haven't spoken to Monty Williams since games seven and then it's a bunch of media a bunch of reporters uh i almost called them media types like like you always say i'm not uh, a bunch of reporters asking him questions and him responding have you and bonnie kind of been able to move i haven't spoken on no no i haven't spoken on ever since again so Okay, so real quick, Wolf, again, this is from Kellen Olsen's uh, 
Twitter timeline here just to, to clear up the audio there. DA asked how he and Monty Williams have moved on since Game 7. DA said, I haven't talked to Monty Williams at all ever since the game. Aiden was asked if he's happy here, and he said, yeah, I'm all right. When I'm in between those lines, now I just work. I'm not playing for myself. I have an organization across my chest and a name on my back I have to represent. I'm just here to work, man. And then Aiden was asked what he would tell Williams if he could speak with him. And DA said, I can show him better than I can tell him. Um, I will say this. At the end of last season, didn't we say we'll start to get some answers when somebody puts a microphone in front of DeAndre Ayton? Yes. Here and we are. you said, oh, yeah, he will spill the beans. And he is. And he did. And he sounds like the, the start of that, he's very quick with his responses. People are like, well, have you? No, nope, I haven't talked to him. Yeah. Like very just yes. doesn't sound like DA, like just very much like, like this has clearly been weighing on him. Oh, my God. And we don't know the full story yet, but I don't blame him if this has been weighing on him. Like, what's happening? I, You know, I don't even know where to begin on this. Like, I, again, the fact I don't believe it because Monty Williams would never let that happen, yeah, right? I want to hear the Monty audio. The Suns so- would never let that happen. Where suddenly, you haven't talked to this guy since Game 7? After Game 7? And you're going to stick him in front of a microphone on media day? Twice. He didn't say anything yesterday about this. Mark McClune did just tweet out that, um, quote, when I asked Monty Williams if there's a lingering issue between the Suns coach and DeAndre Eaton that could affect the team, Williams said, not at all. Okay. Well, wow. I'm glad Monty feels that way. Wow. They are going to have to figure this out. Otherwise, I'm going back and, and doing the Arizona sports poll question. I'm giving a different answer. I'll tell you that right now, Wolf. Because okay. I did not okay. think any of so, this would be a distraction. You know what, honestly, right now, you said earlier on the show, you said, was D.A., you, you you were asking the question, do you think D.A. was trying to send a message by his demeanor? Yesterday. Yesterday, yes. right? Yeah. Yesterday. What do you think now? Yes. When you, <laughs> I mean, I thought it at the time, but I didn't know what the message was. Well, the, Today, uh, a little clearer. Yeah, and, and once again, we talked to Killer about this, Kellen Olson. And Kellen was telling us the fact that, you know, sometimes he's up and sometimes he's down. And I'd be, careful, like I'd be careful reading too much into it, right? I mean, that's what Killer said, and I, he's right. He knows him better than anybody. Yeah. But, man. Talks to him more than Monty Williams, apparently. Uh, wow. Wow, man. So, okay, so I think Basinonians, we can all understand that whatever happened in that Game 7, it was really, really bad. Yeah, let's revisit Game 7 now. What we've gathered since May 15th. Seems like there was a COVID issue for at least one player. Yeah. Uh, Clearly, there's something between D.A. and Monty Williams. I'm not saying they can't fix it. I'm not saying they can't fix it by tomorrow. Well, maybe not by tomorrow, but I'm not saying they can't fix it. But clearly there's something. Even if Monty Williams doesn't think it's a big deal, D.A. thinks it's a big deal. And if one of you thinks it's a big deal, it's a big enough deal. You had that. I think obviously the Suns just kind of weren't playing great. You know, you had the Luka factor. Things snowballed. I think now we have all the pieces of the puzzle. Wolf, maybe we don't know exactly what percentage each one played. But that wasn't just, hey, you know, the game's out of reach. DA's walking off the floor and Monty Williams and him kind of get into it. This feels like it was building. And I will say this, that game seven sucked and it ruined your season. 
you better get a handle on this because it should not define this era of Suns basketball. Like this Man. should not be a problem this season too. You know, can I honestly tell you too? There's a. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. That's all we can do. There's a little. There's a little part of me that is like. Oh, I want to see DA play under these circumstances. Well, you you like that last line, right? <laughs> well, now, what, what if you heard DeAndre Ayton say that? Well, I'm just going to show him. I can show him better than I can tell him. What do you mean? Like, you're going to take the ball and go up and try to slam it down where you might break somebody's wrist if they tried to block it? Is that what you mean? DA? You know, I mean, immediately, that's where I... What do you mean? You're going to rip a ball from the glass and rip... Rip it down with elbows? What What do you mean? You're gonna show them? Um, I I don't know. You know, once again, <laughs> that whole sequence is just craziness. The Aiton was asked what he would tell Monty Williams if he could speak with him. Think about that. He's his coach. <laughs> we thought this was like one big happy family. And then the response is, I can show him better than I can tell him, which, yes, all of the DA detractors or even a lot of DA supporters probably want to see that version of DA. But what, <laughs> what is the cost here? Like, what's going on? Oh, my goodness. That's right, DA. You're a pro, man. You're a paid mercenary. This is what you do, and you're paid very, very well. Go out and play. Why don't you show your coach whatever it was that you guys were arguing about this is just me. This is me, Basin Onions. Okay, I'm just making a connection here, a supposition. And that supposition bases on the fact that I believe, I believe it was over him not being a, a very aggressive individual and he needed to be more aggressive and more physical, period. That's just a guess okay. right there. That's an educated guess, I would say. So how about we see that? Well, you got to get it figured out. Because a your GM matched the, uh, the 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 offer to him, like you can't trade him. If DA is like, I don't want to play for Monty Williams, I and mean, we're not there, but I'm just saying, like, obviously we're not going to get there, or you wouldn't have re-signed him because you cannot trade him, and you're not, you cannot legally in the NBA trade DeAndre Ayton. So you got to get this figured out. This is, the, I mean, is where's the cameras? Is this a joke? <laughs> Is this a joke? The camera's right, right there, by the way. You know, exactly. <laughs> Look at him right now. Dead the eye. Jeremy's out there playing a massive joke on I don't know us. Which camera Everybody's okay, laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Nobody on people? social media seems to be laughing. Oh, my gosh. This is... Uh, it's unthinkable, Luke. It is unthinkable that this has happened. It's got to be fairly quickly fixable, right? You can't play... Like, you can play I'm upset at the GM for not giving me the money I want. You don't see him every day during the game. You can't play upset at your coach. Not consistently. Not long term. You know what I mean? And this has now been building for five months at least. All right. On that note, we're going to wrap up the show. Um, <laughs> Monty Williams is uh, speaking at some point I, here, like, so stay tuned. Duh. Yeah, this is uh, I have a headache again. Uh, thanks, Darren Maloney, Jesse Morrison, behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gibbo next, right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.